Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. I always like to say this right from the beginning of our program, that you can be part with us. You can just send us a text message on 0488-880-811 with your question or um, just a thought uh, uh, in regard to the topic which we are going to discuss. This is your chance to be part of Drive Time with us, and we will enjoy that. Please send us a text message on 0488-880-811. Jot the number down because we have a special offer for you also today and would like to give you a good book today. If you haven't been prepared yet to write it down, I'll mention the number a few times just before we are going to talk about the the offer. But right now, again, the number is 0488-880811. As I said uh, today, Nick Rita with our co-host uh, David DeLima from Family Voice Australia. David, good to have you with us. Well, thanks, Nick. It's wonderful to be sharing this extended time with you. Normally, it's only a few minutes each week, but today we've got the entire hour. That's wonderful, David. And uh, it's yeah, it's a privilege for us to have you for the full uh, hour. And I'm pretty sure that we are going to be for a treat uh, today. I mean, when I'm saying that is because the topic, it's one very uh, interesting for the whole uh, week. We dealt with very good um, uh, questions, you know, and and topics. But today it's uh, uh, special because we are talking about today, would God allow persecution? And this is a touchy one for each one of us, uh, for believers, for Christians, for believers from all all faiths, actually. Uh, but uh, talking about uh, Christians today, uh, we, we started and we asked at the beginning of the week, you know, uh, we encapsulate into this uh, uh, topic, the collision of church and state, uh, biblical principles for uh, navigating a world in crisis. I mean, we we are not going to deny that uh, uh, this world uh, is not what it was, let's say, five, ten years ago or something like that. It's changed mm. dramatically. Yes. Um, and uh, we dealt with a few questions, uh, David, like, um, are there any principles for church-state relationship? Mm. Because this is very interesting. I mean, for long periods of time, there was uh, this kind of uh, connection, you know, church and state. Mm. But yeah, another question also we looked at uh, was, um, where are we going? Can I be confident of the future? Mm. With everything happening under our own eyes, uh, not only, you know, the pandemic, which is uh, obviously draw the attention of all the people around the world, doesn't matter uh, from what background, yes. religious or um, culturally and whatever. This is totally global. And um, But there are other things which are uh, probably even more important, but not visible because uh, uh, can be worked 
un- under the how you call that you know under the radar <laughs> yes under the radar um, there are things like that um, we we ask a, a question also how do i recognize and respond to misapplied authority mm. i think that's uh, you know very very was very important one and just the other day uh, we talked about um, yeah church and state uh, does the past say anything to contemporary leaders now we, we may touch on all of these aspects a little bit bring it together yeah. today you know and uh, see how we we go and by the way just for our listeners uh, if you miss some of these programs uh, which i just um, mentioned uh, during the week please join us uh, on faithfm.com.au mm. or you can download faithfm app and that will be easy for you to go back and uh, listen on demand faith fm australia make sure that that's uh, faith fm australia app and um, yeah on your, on your device you can listen back to these uh, programs but also i'm inviting you to be part with us for this program today we are going to talk about would god allow persecution you may have some experience yourself please share with us and you can be part of this program just by sending a text message to 04-88-880-811. Again, the number where you can come in contact with us and let's make it as interactive as we can. 04-88-880-811. Now, before we are uh, starting, David, I just want to put also this um, bring to the attention of, of our uh, listeners also that uh, tomorrow actually we have a um, gathering here in Adelaide uh, all churches from uh, from Adelaide from Seventh-day Adventist uh, group uh, will come together and we are going to talk about the collision of church and state this will be the the topic, uh, biblical principle for navigating the world in crisis, as I mentioned a bit earlier. And this conference will take place tomorrow, starting at 10 o'clock at Christian Family Center, 185 Frederick Road, Seton. If you are free and if you like to come uh, along, uh, please uh, come to this address, Christian Family Center, 185 Frederick Road, Seaton starting at 10 o'clock and we are going to talk about the collision of church and state. David, I'm looking forward for uh, for today to see mm-hmm. what we we can say and we like to also thank uh, um, those people who supporting us uh, to be on air. Yes. And this is just a, a little bit of uh, thank for the people who are supporting us. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. The Adventist World Radio, you know, it's, uh, you know, all around the, the world and they do an amazing job. Um, and we are happy uh, to have uh, facilities here, right here in Adelaide, uh, the studio sponsored by uh, Adventist World Radio. Let's come directly to this uh, question first, uh, David. Yes. Um, would God allow persecution? Yes. Well, uh, would he? <laughs> he does. He allows persecution. There are many, many Christians who are losing their lives every day. In fact, it's about 100,000 Christians per year, Mm. Nick. 100,000 per year. Do the maths. That means that in the one hour that we're going to spend here together talking, 
about 10 Christians on average will have lost their lives somewhere in the world. Their only crime is professing faith in Jesus. Wow. So it's a very serious matter. God does allow it. The question is, why does he allow it? And he allows it because he gives human beings freedom of choice. Because if we don't have freedom of choice, how can we love him? Or even how can we love each other? We'll just be robots. Mm. I can program my computer to say, David, I love you, but I'm not really going to believe it. Yes, you're right. <laughs> so, so God has given us freedom of choice. It is one of his highest gifts, and it's the one that when we abuse it, we have the highest trouble. And so unfortunately, instead of giving that gift back to God and responding with grace to him for his goodness, we rebel against him and therefore we persecute his people. Mm-hmm. And the history of the world is the history of the persecution of God's people, sadly to say. Yes, unfortunately, you're right. And I like how you put it, you know, even you can program um, a computer or a device, you know, to please you, you know, to even say those nice words, which people are are uh, craving for, yeah. you know, um, to be loved, to be respected, to be recognized and all those things. Um, and you know what? In these uh, days and, and age, you know, you can do that. And uh, lots of people actually doing things like that, similar mm. things like mm. that, which in a way we are just kind of lying to ourselves, yeah. you know, because in reality it's different. Correct. Reality is different. But let me bring it uh, for a moment home, David. Mm. Let me ask you this uh, question. Um, and before I w- I'm asking the question, I, I just have to say this uh, on air here. Mm. I mentioned earlier, you know, um, that we are privileged and very happy to have you with us here. But you do a great work with Family Voice Australia. Thank you. You're representing uh, Family Voice Australia. You are the director of um, this uh, um, organization for South Australia and Northern Territories. And David, uh, um, I always uh, like to to thank you and mm-hmm. to recognize the hard work you do to defend, yes. you know, Christian values yes. and faith. Because family, it's the first institution exactly. created by God, which is under attack yes. so much today in right. this world. And, you know, with the things which even we are going to talk right now, mm. you can see division mm. in family. I yes. just wanted to say that. Uh, well, thank you so that, much. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I really appreciate. Thanks. We appreciate uh, your work um, with Family Voice Australia. Now, as I said, I, I want to bring it a bit more closer to us here mm. home. Do governments persecute Christians in Australia? Well, not directly, although that certainly happened in the past. There have been people arrested for preaching the gospel of Jesus Mm. who did not conform to certain government regulations. And uh, remarkably, in South Australia, you've got to get permission from the from the local council, the Adelaide City Council, in order to to speak in Rundle Mall. Mm -hmm. Uh, you've, You've you've specifically got to get a a permission to preach um so and if you haven't got that then you can't preach so now why why should government determine who or who cannot preach the i mean is that of freedom Jesus? of speech exactly it's been taken away mm. and uh, people have been uh, found found themselves running foul of that law and they've been in trouble with the courts quite fascinating 
Uh, in the past, of course, the Seventh-day Adventists have been persecuted because of the Seventh-day Adventist views on which day to worship and which day to work mm-hmm. and not work. Mm-hmm. So the Seventh-day Adventist people have been in trouble in the past in Australia. But things are starting to heat, heat up, not so much directly uh, from government, but indirectly through anti-discrimination and anti-vilification laws. Yeah, And so two Christian pastors, for example, this is going back about 15 years now in Victoria, they ran a seminar on how to reach out with the love of God to Islamic people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some Islamic people attended the seminar, were offended by what was said, and took action against those two individuals, both by the name of Daniel. There's uh, Daniel Nalaya and uh, Daniel Scott. Uh, So we we call them the two Dannys, and this ties in with the book of Daniel. And we we may talk about the book of Daniel a bit later. We may come to that. But it took them five years and about a million dollars of legal expense to clear their names. And so, so government has facilitated a culture of the persecution of Christians. It's not just them. Uh, currently, there's a matter before the courts which relates to a general practitioner, Dr. Jareth Koch, mm-hmm. uh, and he has been a very successful, hardworking, well-respected doctor for about 15 years. He put some stuff on his Facebook page. Uh, don't we believe in freedom of expression, freedom mm. of speech, freedom of faith? Mm-hmm. Some people were upset with that, and he has now had his medical registration suspended, and the matter will be going to court. So uh, he's one of many examples. I just cite that one as a red-hot current example, but there are many other situations of people who have spoken up. They may have had a Christian conviction about the true meaning of marriage and have have made statements about that, particularly in social media, and they've found themselves in trouble with their employers or they've been handed off of boards. Um, Some have lost their their jobs as a result as well. So um, this this is not so much government persecution, but it's happening under the watch of government. Right. It's happening because of anti-discrimination and anti-vilification legislation which has changed our thinking see in the past nick people would would say sticks and stones may break my bones but names will never hurt me mm. and you could have a vigorous discussion and, and you could disagree with people you you might say something such as there's no other name by which we must be saved but by the name of jesus that that's the christian teaching yeah uh, and increasingly that that kind of a, a of a message is not being welcomed in the world uh historically it was welcomed and even things that we didn't welcome, we would tolerate. But now toleration has gone out of the window. We've, yep. we've become very intolerant as a society. Uh, we won't we won't put up with uh, anything anymore that uh, doesn't belong to the mainstream. Yeah, and we have to put it in a way, you know, even in a democratic world, in, you know, mm. in, in a way that doesn't look like mm. uh, we are persecuting or we are persecuted, or you know, mm. we we have to find ways more. Mm. Um, I don't know how you call it, you know, but uh, uh, I call it pussyfooting around. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no. Look, this is a real, uh, real thing. And, and by the way, if any of you listening here today, uh, this program, because we're talking about a very important uh, uh, topic, uh, will God allow persecution, and why governments are persecuting people? Uh, if you experience some sort of persecution in your life, please. Send us a text message. Mm. Let us know. Uh, David will be also interested to uh, hear um, these matters, you know, and um, if we can 
do something, you know, mm. to, to support, you know, to defend, uh, because human rights, David, today seems like that we fought for this mm. all in, in the whole things in, in this world, in wars and everything. We fought for the yes. freedom of speech, for liberty. Yes. And seems like now are just coming tumbling down, you know, uh, trashed under the all sorts of things, all sorts of excuses. Now, I don't want to deny that uh, sometime people can take in their own hands, you know, uh, and uh, work um, put their way out of law, yeah. you know, and we know that and we'll encourage that we are here to, um, to respect and to give credit to the authorities. Yes. As the Bible teaches Mm. You know, to to respect and even to fear, it says the Bible. Mm. But we are talking about here about persecution yes. uh, today. Yes. And let me just uh, uh, ask you this. I'm, yeah, I was I was inviting our listeners to to get in touch with us. And if you miss um, before when we start the program, I'm giving out this number where you can write a text message to us as we talk uh, right now. The number is zero four double eight. Double eight zero eight double one, and share your uh, story. Share uh, what you think about uh, this topic we're talking today uh, about the persecution. On the same number, and I will repeat a bit later on, we'll have a great offer for you today. But I'll come to that in a moment. Uh, uh, it's a wonderful book. Uh, I will give you just half of the title, Hope, <laughs> and we are looking forward for this. Um, but stay with us, please. Um, let me ask you this question, uh, David, now. Um, why do governments persecute believers? Mm. Well, uh, the Christian faith is one which historically has caused governments a lot of trouble. Mm. The, the prophets of old have always spoken against governments in their corruption. And so uh, John the Baptist, for example, he spoke against Herod and he ended up getting his head chopped off and mm. served up on the platter for the party. So Jesus said about the, about his people, he will send prophets and apostles, some they will persecute and others that they will kill. So that that's the, the lot of the apostle and the prophet. You're, you're going to be killed or you're going to be persecuted. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if, if they were believed? Mm. No, killed mm. or persecuted. So uh, they, they did it to Jesus. They did it to John the Baptist. Um, so many other prophets in the Old Testament times in particular and really throughout history because people have stood up to governments in their corruption and they have found themselves in trouble. So Christianity is much more than a nice little message that I can receive privately and I can smile at you and you can smile at me. No, it involves speaking up. The Bible yep. says to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And Christians throughout history have spoken up. And Jesus in the temple, when he turned the tables over, he was more than just giving a little message, a sort of, you know, we might, might call it a Sunday school or a Sabbath school yeah. message, you know, uh, wonderful as they are. But there's there's more to the faith than just having that simple belief system. It's got to change our behavior, which means changing our action. And that sometimes means we have to speak up. Uh, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves is what the scriptures say. Mm. Uh, uh, that's in the book of Proverbs, the 31st chapter. So it, it's right, right there in the heart of scripture. And, uh, we need to defend the, the, uh, the orphan and the widow. And, um, the book of Isaiah in the first couple of chapters makes mention of that as well. So, uh, speaking up is an important thing. And so historically, Christians have spoken up. The Christian faith is a salty faith. 
it has an impact which may sting when it's applying to bring healing, and that sting is often not welcomed by governments. And so sometimes governments have said things like, oh, why doesn't the church just mind its own business? Yeah. Well, our business is the whole of the cosmos, so we must speak up against injustice. You know, uh, another thing I would like to bring to um, uh, to your attention and also to our listeners, we seems like that uh, the government has all the rights to to control everything, but mm. not to forget that governments are set on the principles, if you like, of the of the Bible, you know, right. and right. and faith. And uh, I spoke just the other day with uh, a gentleman. Um, I just ha- went for a haircut, you know, and uh, he introduced himself and said, oh, I'm from Egypt, and I find out that he's a Christian, and I thought, uh, oh, are you coming, like, from a Coptic background? And, mm-hmm. so, and he shared with me how Egypt was 100% Christian mm-hmm. country, mm-hmm. but it's not Christian country mm-hmm. now, you know? And, uh, you know, people forget about the history and the mm-hmm. past. If you look now in uh, in Egypt, uh, yeah, you may not, uh, I mean, even a Christian, you may not go very freely there. Yeah. Um, but look, I'm not saying these things because uh, being judgmental mm. uh, towards any groups mm. or mm. culture or whatever. I'm just talking here, how can we all together, you know, from the church uh, point of view and the government point of view, uh, support this basic thing, mm. freedom of choice. That's right. And if you are uh, free to worship, like in a country like ours here, uh, in the way you want to worship. Of course, not to break the law, mm. you know, not to be out of law. I mean, to do the silly things, which some people do. Yes. But if you are genuine and with the desire, as you just said here, to help people, mm. to help your neighbor, mm. to grow together, to support each other, which is not the case anymore mm. as much. I know, uh, looking from my background, we live in a very individualistic society these days, David, mm. when people are just looking in their own uh, square. Yes. But doesn't matter what sort of religion background you have. Before, I grew up in a very orthodox uh, um, environment uh, in Romania. Uh, and uh, my mother was a, a different faith, you know, and she suffered a lot of, um, mm. you know, persecution in a way, you know, like, but... When we were about to to grow together, to do something for, for the benefit of each other, we really unite, you know, uh, mm-hmm. together and support each other. I mm-hmm. think, yeah, I can talk a little bit more about that one. But uh, uh, coming, uh, coming back to what you just said uh, here, David, God put governments in place, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, let's see how can we... I don't know how to use the words about, but to advise or to encourage, you know, yes. to encourage the governments yes. to take the right uh, position mm. in this regard. What What would you like to say uh, in this uh, yeah. aspect? Well, government is one of God's gifts. Unfortunately, like so many of his gifts, we've perverted it and it is not operating as he, he would have us. Uh, I'm astonished, for example, that our current federal government refuses to hold a national day of prayer mm. in relation to the go- the COVID pandemic. Uh, they've refused to do so. Now, uh, if they won't call for a national day of prayer, then then what is going on? You know, they begin each day with Christian prayer in the parliament. It's not like they don't pray publicly. Uh, so what is the problem? Uh, so many of our civic authorities are afraid 
to own the name of Christ and they're afraid to deal with these kind of matters because one or two people might get a bit upset about it. Mm. Uh, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when last I was here, the new state governor in South Australia is in trouble simply because she made her promise of, of service in relation to God. She mentioned God in her pledge of office. Yes, you're right. So she's criticized for that. Well, yeah. Uh, we need to make room for God in the marketplace of ideas. So what needs to happen, Nick, is that we don't allow a small minority of people uh, who are anti-faith, and, and they're very much in the minority, to control the agenda. Mm. People of faith need to stand up and say, we have the right to believe, and we want to have faith as part of our culture. Now, we're not going to be imposing anything here in relation to Christian doctrine, for example, mm-hmm. It's for the church to commend that. But principles of justice and righteousness, they come to us from God. And so we need to recognize him in the process. That's why our federal parliaments begin each day with Christian prayer. It's this historic recognition that we are only humble servants. We we don't invent justice. We don't invent righteousness. These come from us as a gift from God, and so he needs to be honored in the process. And while you're saying that, David, it may seem like that, uh, you know, we start uh, the day with prayer and we do those things just to tick the boxes, you know, like that. But when you come, as you just said here, with the need, mm. with when, if not now, is the right time, you know, to mm. call for a for prayer and yes. for uh, support. Yes. Uh, I remember in the Bible when um, uh, People find out that they are having issues, even though people invading them or they have problems. The first thing was to go and and submit themselves and have prayer and fasting. I mean, I um, just can recall right now uh, when uh, lots of practitioners, you know, and nurses, and uh, they were falling on the ground mm. on their knees to mm. pray because they could not uh, handle the situation. You know, yes. it could be all sorts of things, a combination of things. They could see the results of this pandemic, but they they could have their humans also. The pressure, what was wrong? Mm. You know, what is wrong uh, mm. to mm. pray, to give it to God? Because this is another way of kind of, probably probably we don't want to, uh, to accept mm. That we are dependent that's right. on God. Maybe that's why uh, some people will, will oppose a, a basic thing like that. This is true. Now, you've mentioned the book of Daniel. We see in him a civic authority who was very keen to assert the sovereignty of God. And you'll recall that when when the, the king had that terrible dream and asked for its interpretation, Daniel says, I can't do it, but there is a God in heaven. Mm. So he's giving credit to God. Joseph did the same thing. Uh, so the ability to understand dreams and their interpretations, that's a gift from God. And so Daniel and Joseph, uh, those great dream interpreters, were able to give glory to God in the process. So Daniel was a man of great prayer. And it's fascinating that when his enemies arose up against him, they they used his prayer life as the reason to find fault with him that would bring him down. Uh, it all backfired, of course, but uh, and, and Daniel was vindicated. Mm-hmm. but. What a wonderful example that is, that he was a man of prayer and he was guarded as he prayed to God for wisdom as he was managing the affairs of the Babylonian and Persian empires. 
Absolutely, and uh, I'm glad that you you mentioned that because uh, we are going to take a short break uh, here, but we'll come to the book of Daniel and and just open it up a little bit more to learn uh, uh, from that wonderful example mm. in the Bible and how mm. that can be relevant mm. for us today in whatever we experience here. Now, just before uh, I will uh, take this break again, I'm... Um, uh, asking our listeners to be part of our program and uh, some messages coming through and just after the break, after the song, we'll, um, we'll answer some of those uh, questions there. Um, but I'll give you the number again where you can write your thoughts in regard to uh, our topic today. 04 Double eight, double eight, zero eight, double one is the number where you can send us a text message and share your, uh, your thoughts. Also on this number, we are going to give you a wonderful book. If you send us a text message with the, the code SA22 and the book for today is hope for trouble times. Join us all around the world in the movement to share hope for the troubled times. A special uh, 2021 uh, mission book project uh, written by a very uh, well-known uh, evangelist, uh, Mark Finley, with including the COVID-19 pandemic and its uh, aftermath. Let your heart soar with new hope and share it with your friends, neighbors, and colleagues. They will thank you for it in eternity. Don't hesitate to send us a text message on 04-88-880-811 with the code SA22. SA stands for South Australia. Number 22, make sure that they are all together. Uh, no space in between SA and 22. Yeah. 
Ah, what was that song called? It's easy to find out. Download the free Faith FM app for your smartphone or tablet to see our full daily schedule of programs and music. Welcome back. This is Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Frita and our co-host today is David Lima from Family Voice Australia. It's very good to have you with us. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And if you miss uh, some of the, um, the the first part of this program, uh, you can always check us on um, the Faith Australia app and uh, listen to the programs. Uh, we mentioned in the, the beginning that uh, this week we had a very, very interesting uh, topics about um, uh, about this um, kind of church and state thing. And uh, we, we encourage you to, to listen back. You know, programs like uh, um, Are There Any Principles for uh, Church and State Relationship? Uh, uh, where are we going? Uh, can I be confident in the future or uh, how do I recognize and respond to misapply, misapplied authority, church and state? Does the past say anything to contemporary leaders? Those programs, you can, if you miss some of them, you can listen back. Just go to our uh, app, uh, Faith FM Australia. And today we are talking about would God allow persecution? And if you have uh, anything to share in this regard, maybe you are persecuted yourself, please share with us on the, this number, 048880811. Now, we just said before the break that we are going to take a couple of um, uh, messages, uh, David. Um, we have a message uh, here coming, like um, just reading the, the most important uh, persecution in the Bible and the uh, subsequent vindication of the martyrs is uh, uttered, uh, uttered, yes, by Jesus in Matthew 23. Uh, this too is the uh, dominant theme in Revelation. And it's true, actually, yeah, in Matthew 23 and Revelation, we can uh, read about uh, that one. Uh, thank you for that message. I would like to also read another one, which, uh, David, you may uh, be able to just, just give us a little bit of your uh, thoughts on that. Uh, the Jews were compared to Sodom in not considering the um, the fatherless and widow. Yes, uh, I think the writer there is referring to Ezekiel, the 16th chapter, mm-hmm. where God says, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. So Jerusalem is regarded as the sister of Sodom, and not only because of detestable practices, but because they did not care for the poor and needy, they were overfed and unconcerned. So the the uh, correspondent there tuning in, listening and writing to us just now is absolutely right. And uh, judgment does begin with the household of faith. We, we need to be sharp in relation to our own behavior as God's people because we can so easily lose the plot as the Jewish people did. Yes. And that's why the prophets were sent. That's why Ezekiel was sent to say those words and why Jesus ultimately was sent to chastise Israel, to reform Israel, and unfortunately uh, Israel rejected their own Messiah. Mm, that's true. And before the break, again, David, we mentioned about the book in the Old Testament, uh, the book of Daniel. Yes. And it, that's a wonderful uh, story to mm. share there. Would you like to take us through a little bit and share with us and with our listeners about the story of Daniel? Yes. The, the prophet, you mentioned here that God is calling prophets for... Yeah. Uh, 
particular times. Well, and this is uh, sorry, even the faith of him. It's a it's a voice. It's a prophetic voice. It's a prophetic voice yeah. to go out and to share the the gospel, the exactly. message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, all of us as God's people are called to be prophetic. Uh, Moses longed for the day when all of God's people would prophesy. Absolutely. So we're in that era now mm. where we're all called to be prophetic uh, in our utterances. That means to speak the truth. Now, Daniel spoke the truth, and he allowed the truth to shape his behavior. And I'd love for readers, if they have a Bible close by, to turn to the sixth chapter of the book of Daniel, because we read there in Daniel chapter 6 how Daniel not only spoke the truth, but he lived the truth. And he was living the truth in government. Mm-hmm. And would to God that we could we could learn this lesson from Daniel. I mean, we know the story inside out, but we don't live it out. We're not sending our young people into government, but that's what God did with Daniel. He sent him into government, into pagan government, mm. in order to reform the government and be a wonderful witness there right at the front and center. Uh, and it, it was the greatest government in the world at that time, the empire of the Persians and the Babylonians. And we read these words in, in Daniel 6, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Mm. Now, this didn't go down very well with some of his colleagues. They were jealous of him. So at this, we read in verse 4, chapter 6, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because... He was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Right. And they knew that he loved to pray every day. He would kneel and he would face Jerusalem and he would pray. And they, they, they'd seen them, him doing this. And so they cunningly convinced King Darius that it would be in his best interest if for the next 30 days that only he be worshipped and that anyone who wasn't should be thrown to the lion's den. Mm. And Daniel did not obey that law because it conflicted with the law of God. Yes. And whenever the law of God and the law of man conflict, we as Christians have only one choice. Absolutely. And he, so he, he uh, was prepared to continue praying to his God and that's when they got him and the king was horrified when he realized the trap that he'd fallen into. Yeah. He had to send his beloved Daniel into the lion's den, and he spent a restless night, but God was with him. Yes. And if you'd like to uh, know more about this story, please just open the Bible in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel. Uh, chapter 2, it's a wonderful chapter. I like that uh, when it talks quite a bit about the history of this uh, world, you know, mm-hmm. and David, uh, Daniel being the center, you know, uh, that how God used him. Yes. And it, I like how you you put that one when God calls you, you know, to represent him. Yes. God will also invest Mm-hmm. Uh, in you and mm-hmm. you'll be head not tail you yes, know <laughs> and yes. that's what uh, Daniel was exactly. uh, very w- highly regarded mm-hmm. now also I like to say here uh, David that um, uh, David from the Bible <laughs> um, Daniel sorry from the Bible um, was a man of his word mm-hmm. you know he was um Respecting also the government, mm. you know, up to the point, as you just said a bit earlier, yeah. 
was conflicting him because mm-hmm. here is the thing which even today uh, we, we live in a, a very conspiration conspirational time conspiratorial or conspiratorial <laughs> time <laughs> um that's okay your your english is better than my romanian look um uh, uh, look let's leave that aside for the time being but uh, david um, david oh i like to if we could just in a couple of words here, share with us here, how Daniel was respecting, you know, the government that he was going into a pagan school. Yeah. I mean, not that he had many choices, probably, because he was a, a, a slave there, taken as a slave. Yes, but he, but, could, he could have thrown his exam. Mm. He could have thrown his exam. He could have pretended to be useless and hopeless. But no, he. I can imagine him rubbing his hands together and saying, this is my opportunity. You'll recall that when Joseph was in prison, he said, get me out. Yeah. He was longing to get out and get into ministry. He was ministering in the prison, mm-hmm. but he had greater ambitions. And I think that Daniel uh, grasped his ministry opportunity with both hands, and he gave himself thoroughly to his studies to study Babylonian language and literature. Well, what a headache that must have been. But he just... Uh, threw himself at it. It says that God helped him to mm. learn. Mm. And that's wonderful that we can pray that God will help us to learn things we need to. And uh, off he went and he became uh, a great leader of the Babylonian and Persian kingdoms. Because I believe this is the the sensitive uh, um, line, you know, when uh, people don't know, you know, what to do. And uh, you say, okay, how far um, should I go, you know, yeah. to... Um, to listen well, or to, you know, to you go, go to the top. Yeah, but you have you have to, uh, David. You have to understand this: that you cannot work against your conscience. Right. Because if you start to work against your conscience, that you are not yourself anymore. Mm. Mm. God put in us that freedom of choice. Yes. And that conscience that. We should stand for it. Unfortunately, these days probably we don't have too many people with a with a very strong uh, um, uh, spine to say so. You know, yeah. you yeah. know, to to say the things. I even with during this uh, pandemic, you know, there are lots of discussions, but mm-hmm. you know, and some people stand up with their uh, own, uh, um, you know. Uh, their skin, own, yes, yeah, with their own skin, yeah. and look, these these things are very very important. And we we're talking about um, the collision of church mm. and mm. state. Yes. Now, distinctly, I believe that the church has a special role, yes. a special call yes. to do, not to be involved in politics. To uh-huh. be honest, mm. and the the state have again a special role, a special calling, not to get involved in the um, uh, spiritual, uh, let's say, uh, um, yeah. telling, uh, telling churches what to do. What to do or what, what not to do. Yeah. You know, you're right. And yeah. as, even as you mm. just said, uh, yeah, I know the state may say, oh, no, not a national uh, day of prayer. Mm. But even in a country like Australia, um, uh, David, when this country was based, you know, and founded on, on mm. Christian mm. principles. Now, we may not call Australia a Christian country anymore. Mm. I think uh, it's, it's passed over the, you know, 50%. I mean, it's something more that they will consider themselves non, non, uh, religious or, uh, Yes. Well, most people still self-identify as Christian. Mm-hmm. 
whether they're really living it out is another question. But uh, to to tick the box Christian is a very serious thing to do, and no one makes them. So who knows what quietly is going on in the hearts yeah. of men and women and children out there. And probably this is a, a call also for us all to, to stand tall. Yes. You know, as Christians, uh, yes. with the values we have in our hearts, yes. you know, not to hide them. Well, let's talk a little bit about the church and state separation. It really comes from America, where Christians were keen to get government out of church. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why the United States was founded, because there was a too cozy relationship between church and state, historically, particularly in, in Europe. Uh, uh, and um, interestingly, I'm sure there's some Lutheran listeners out there uh, tuning in today, but the, the Lutherans came to Australia from Prussia because the Kaiser was telling the Christian people, the Lutheran people, what they should and should not believe. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the role of government to do that. So you're quite right, Nick, to point out that government shouldn't, shouldn't interfere with church, nor, nor should church say we want to legislate morality. We, we want to legislate personal conviction as it were um, yeah. because you can never you can never change people's hearts by changing the law although it is a guide and a protection so we're not trying to force people so for example uh, keeping one particular day as a special day was enforced traditionally yes. Yes. that's uh, that, that's forcing people really to behave like christians when they're not and so that's not a good idea and as I've mentioned, the Seventh-day Adventists were in trouble because of that. So, so government shouldn't dictate to church what what is its doctrine and what are its beliefs, uh, and church shouldn't try to uh, Im- impose Christian morality on unbelievers. But what is necessary is for for Christians to help governments understand what is good to be commended and what is not helpful and dangerous that needs to be curtailed. Mm. So that's in Romans 13. That's really the the basic uh, definition of the role of government. It doesn't even need to be in Scripture, though it's there, because it's common sense that the government should commend what is right and punish what is wrong. But this doesn't relate to personal morality as much as to public safety and order. So it's not so much – the the separation of church and state is not so much to keep – uh, church out of government but to keep government out of the church and we need to pray for government and when we see people like Daniel and Joseph we see them providing wisdom in government mm. so so God is not against government, it's one of his gifts and the supremacy of Christ really makes that very clear for us in the book of Ephesians where there's this wonderful statement about about our Lord, it's in uh, Ephesians chapter one, and also in in Colossians chapter one. Uh, interesting, both of those uh, wonderful New Testament letters begin with exalting Christ, and it is said in chapter one of Ephesians that God has raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age but also in the one to come. So this passage makes clear that Christ is over the authorities and he's claiming the earthly titles yeah. which we which we give to, to one another uh, in earthly contexts. We, we really borrow them from Christ when we speak about the governor as Her Excellency or when we speak about uh, the Right Honourable Lord Mayor or whomsoever it might be. Uh, these are titles which belong to Christ mm. and have been lent to humanity. 
So he is above those titles, not in the sense of being aloof, but supervising those titles. So we're, we're borrowing his sovereignty, so to speak, uh, as we as we have these earthly authorities. So he, uh, in verse 22 of chapter 1, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. So that includes government. And the book of Colossians in the first chapter makes the same point. So what I'm driving at here, Nick, is that Christians, we shouldn't be ambivalent towards government or write it off as of the devil. Mm. It can be of the devil, but it'll be of the devil if Christians won't join it and fix it and reform it and be salt and light. So we see Daniel doing exactly that, Joseph doing exactly that. And the great commission given to Paul is that he will carry the gospel before the Gentiles and their kings. Yeah, the emperors and yeah. And so the book of Acts culminates for us as Paul is about to go and speak to the highest authority in the known world. Just like Daniel went to the highest authority in the known world at that time, the greatest empire of all time, which was the the Persian Empire and the Babylonian Empire, and then Rome came along and, and Daniel speaks about these various kingdoms. But Paul is right at the center of Rome going to see the emperor. Yes, Yes, it's a very important Absolutely. lesson there that we're not we're not heeding today. Mm, you're right. Now we have a few minutes left. Uh, maybe just just very briefly here, uh, our listener also mentioned about the Book of Revelation. Now, mm. and what is um, going wrong with God's gift of government, yeah, yeah. Uh, David? And uh, yes. uh, Revelation depicts yes. um, uh, some of these aspects. Just share with us a little bit. Yes. Well, our, our question is, uh, is would God allow persecution or will he? And the answer is sometimes yes, sometimes no. He was able to deliver Joseph from persecution in prison. Mm-hmm. He was able to deliver Daniel from the lion's den. And then, of course, his associates, associates Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the flames of fire. So uh, God can deliver. But Revelation is really getting us to the point where Finally, people in their rebellion are um, throwing away everything that God is giving to them. Mm. And so corruption takes hold, and God will allow that because he's then going to send Christ to return and sort things out definitively. And you you don't want to see those eyes of Christ, those angry eyes of Christ, even when he was ministering, when first he came, it says in the book of Mark, Jesus looked around at them in anger. Yeah. You do not want to see the angry eyes of Christ because his eyes are like blazing fire and out of his mouth comes a double-edged sword. So he will sort things out definitively and that will happen when God allows government to so atrophy and the nations of the world to so atrophy. That means to go rotten because they were fighting against the gospel, resisting the gospel, mm. that it is now time for a definitive Solution, which is the glorious return of Christ to sort things out. Absolutely right. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Dramatic pause. Yes, well, uh, we have to to close it here, uh, David. Um, we're running out of time now. Uh, I'm just uh, wondering if uh, you would like to pray, uh, David. We were talking about that, uh, um, you know, the government. Uh, here in Australia is not that keen to have a day of prayer but we can pray here would you like to pray and if there are people you know uh, uh, with with probably some issues and Mm. uh, even Mm. 
persecution, they may not feel confident just mm. to share with us now, but mm. we know that there are some people yes. facing some difficulties. Would you like to uplift yes. them in prayer yes. to God? Let's pray, Nick. Our Father, we thank you that as we have considered the scriptures today, really from Genesis to Revelation, that you speak to us and you guide us. So help us to understand your word. May your Holy Spirit fill our hearts anew on a moment-by-moment basis to help us to understand. I pray for the salvation of all of our listeners if they have not yet made that profession of Mm. faith, that we receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. We call to him, Lord, save me. That's all we need to pray. And I ask that you will help all of our listeners, if they have not yet done that, to cry out to you right now, Lord, save me. And Father, we thank you that the faith we have is not a private matter. It's to be publicly declared. Uh, We are to speak uh, what it is that we have heard, and we're to give testimony, all of us as witnesses. And we thank you for those wonderful examples of uh, Joseph and Daniel Mm. in the Old Testament times who gave witness to you as as Saviour and Lord. And in the New Testament context, we we thank you that that Paul was so willing to testify to government and then ultimately go even to speak to the highest authority of the world in the name of Christ and speak to him your word of salvation. So I pray, Lord, for boldness for all of our listeners as we come to faith in Christ. You you have not given us a spirit of timidity, Mm. but of boldness. So I pray for boldness for all of our listeners that we will sensitively but nevertheless forthrightly share the word of truth with our neighbor as we love our neighbor and be faithful in testifying to all that you've done for us and all that you're calling us to be. And I pray for our governments as well. Uh, and we thank you that uh, you've you've made that an urgent New Testament priority that prayers, intercession requests and thanksgiving be made for kings and all those in authority. We do pray for our Prime Minister, mm. uh, Scott Morrison, and for the state premiers and the governors and the governor-general and our police. Uh, they all have such a difficult job in this current uh, challenging time. So be with them also, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our time is uh, up for today. Uh, thank you for joining Nick Krita and David Elima from Family Voice Australia uh, today on this uh, program, uh, Drive Time Big Q&A. We are inviting you to join us again when we are going to talk about another very special topic, the Bible, the church and the environment. What a timely uh, topic um, that will be. Uh, but um, I would like to, before I close here, to invite you again tomorrow, if you like to hear a bit more about this discussion, these topics, the collision of church and state, please come with us at Christian Family Center, 185 Frederick, Frederick Road, Seton, starting at 10 o'clock. May God richly bless you. Change my heart, oh God Make it ever true Change my heart, oh God May I be like you You are the power Oh God 